Welcome to Reverse Psychology, the Frasier Rewatch podcast where we go backwards through every episode of the show. Tonight, we're covering Season 10, Episode 8, Rooms with a View, which originally aired on November 19th, 2002, in the year of Brad's Bar Mitzvah. Is this another Crocktail-style clip show? We'll find out. I'm your host, Curtis Shack. Joining me as always, store resident upside downer, Ryan Sansone. Curtis, I am ready to talk rooms with a Jew. I'm excited to be here, and with Brad. Clearly. Speaking of Brad, we also have with us today... Our marathon bar from the 80s, it's Bradley Kirkston. Curtis, thank you so much for that introduction and your hype to get the show over uh, undergoing. Over with? Yeah. It's, <laughs> just it un- really just say undergoing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, peaches and cream. Now we're ready to rock in town all the way down to O-Town. Well, uh, Brad, whatever slew, whatever slew of drugs you're on, please keep taking them. We're going we're gonna to rock it out like Leonard Skinner in the 1970s. Let's do it. Specific? Brad, you didn't say the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be just like Duran Duran, and we're hungry like the wolf. Um, try one more. Okay. Um, we're, we're gonna be just like the Spice Girls, and we're gonna spice up your life. Okay. Now this is interesting because uh, Brad, you were not here. I I know you don't listen to this show, so you wouldn't no. know this. But no. uh, when Hannah subbed in for you, she yeah. we had a nice little Spice Girls talk, and okay. we did a test. It was a borderline Spice Girls episode. It really yeah. was. It was all Spice Girls all the time. So let's let's ask you, Brad, before you take the test, what Spice Girl do you think you would be? And what does Ziga Ziga mean to you? Okay, so here's the thing. Posh Spice similar to me is the most attractive. Not really. But Sporty Spice similar to me is, is very athletic. It's weird to explain when you're describing which Spice Girl you think you'd be to describe how attractive one is. That's a weird first salvo. <laughs> I think it's also weird that he's basically going through a list to describe that all of them are like him. Well, here yeah. we go. Here we go. Ba- Baby Spice is obviously like Vitaly. Like, d- done. That one's easy. Yeah, course. no one's questioning that. Keep moving. Which two am I missing? There's uh, or- Origami Spice, that one? Yep. Yep, the paper folding I, spice girl. <laughs> yeah, and and, and uh, black pepper spice. That's right. But I would say, I would say the one I'm probably the most similar to is probably sporty spice. I got big hair. I uh, am into sports. Yeah, I'll go sporty spice. Incorrect. The answer is always baby spice. Always baby spice. Yeah, Ooh. you missed it. We're sitting right there for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. That's fair. It was just so obvious that it was Vitaly. It messed me up. Yeah. Fair. And in fact, yeah. it turns out it's all of us, though. It's kind of like a Negan situation. Do we do we have any bits for the opening? What was this episode about? Uh, death. <laughs> so this is a fun fact that we should probably tell that we haven't brought up. Is out of our friend group, I'm the one that makes the most death announcements. So when someone dies, that's my job to let everyone else know. Usually celebrities. I won't even say A-level celebrities because I definitely told you some B and C-level. A couple times some D-level celebrities. I don't know you've ever done an A-level celebrity. It's very much like when you recap the guest stars of, of a Frasier episode and you leave out the big names because no one knows why. Big name tonight. Uh, we'll get to later. Now you say you say it's your job. Why? No one told you to do this. Certainly no one's paying you. Self-appointed. Self-appointed. If you're going to do it. You there, right? I just, I, I was going to finish my thought, but what's the point? Okay. If ever there was a metaphor for this opening. Yeah, right? You don't think the viewers are going to love to learn that Brad texts us when people die? <laughs> I texted you guys when the queen died. That was weird. That one actually was weird. You you yeah. texted that like a day before any of the articles <laughs> on the web picked that up. It was you texted and like we Googled and we're like, are you sure? Like literally no one's reporting this. That was weird. Yeah. I forgot about that. It literally took like eight hours before I started to see it on real newspapers. Yeah. I, I did like, have an insider on that one. That's I don't know funny. what kind of Illuminati shit you're following. We're just like, yeah, the queen died. Was it a lucky guess? I read an article that would be out in the public in two hours. I'm like, Brad, I don't think so. No, I, I had an insider that time. Who could you possibly have? Him and uh, Prince Charles hang out. It's probably Prince Andrew. I think Prince Andrew is the one I meant to say. I don't really know know them that well i've i watched one season of the crown i kind of forget it already <laughs> unlike most of the world i'm not that obsessed with the queen and all that business and now the king i guess even though he's male i think they decided he has to go by the title of queen makes sense i mean it just it kind of fits britain right like you say queen really comes off nice on the the british tongue they'd have to change too many placards so they just thought it economically it made sense to just make him a queen yeah can't change a placard. Yeah, you just wanted to say the word placard on air, so that's why. You- well, it's been a year, and I haven't had a chance yet. All right, Curtis. The Queen's dead, but Niles isn't. Shall we pivot into this episode? Let's do what? it. We open 
with a shooting star over Seattle. Niles is in hospital, awaiting heart surgery. Daphne seems nervous. Marty is pretending it's not happening. Frazier is immersed in knowing every detail of the surgery, and Rod thinks about what they will do when this is all over. Their coping mechanisms are interrupted by a call from ex-wife Maris. So it turns out we're in the middle of at least a three-part storyline, maybe more. It's hard to tell, right? But it would be so great if in this episode there was no previous <laughs> episode that indicated any of this was happening. Yeah, they kind of say that not, they didn't think anything was happening. So you have to kind of assume, I mean, well, obviously I'll preview it, but you have to assume he's going to eat cheese at the end and kind of, you know, die. I don't think there's going to be a big lead into it. At least for me, based on the last episode, I thought we would find out everything in this episode. I didn't even realize this could be a middle of something. This definitely matches Frazier's pacing. Like this isn't, yeah. this isn't unusual. Like Curtis said, it would be amazing if we just, he eats the cheese two episodes from now and we actually do something like super weird next episode. You could see a world in which somebody is like, oh, I need a surgery and it's scheduled. So like four episodes ago, they found out the problem and they're finally getting around to the surgery happening. But this is clearly a much more urgent, immediate need. It's not just, I need to get my pancreas removed. Is that a thing people do? Do they get that removed? I don't know what pancreas People does. do get their pancreas removed. Sounds dodgy. I've tried to perform the surgery. I'm not allowed to, but yes. Tried. How far did you get? Oh, I applied. I put an application. Applied? <laughs> like on yeah. Indeed.com? Was there an open spot or did you just like fill in the blank? You're just like, I'm looking for surgery work. No, they said looking for someone to take out my appendix. And I said, I got you. When did the pancreas get involved? <laughs> oh, pancreas. Sorry, pancreas. Uh, let me redo the joke. Uh, it said looking for someone to remove my pancreas. And I said, yeah, I got that. You said, I can only I only do appendixes. Appendices, <laughs> sorry. So do you guys have a squash ballet? No. We've talked before about how we don't play squash. So well, that's not what I I asked. Not what I asked. A lot of it actually happened on the episode Brad Wilson on. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I, I Why didn't episode. we get Hannah for this? I missed one episode. Call Hannah up. She'll, she'll understand what's going on. Brad's just lost in a hospital like usual. Can you imagine what it's like to be a guest on this podcast when Brad, <laughs> somebody who's been on every episode except for one, is getting lost in our in-jokes and references to ourselves? I don't know how anybody we've ever invited makes it through an entire recording. I guess lost in his own in-jokes. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, we're not... Sometimes I start a joke and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to end. So, What do you mean yeah. sometimes? <laughs> what do you mean joke? Can we get to the scene? Because this is a long-ass one. Brad, you should be yes. thrilled. Yeah, this whole episode is very scene-condensed. This is this is Brad's favorite scene. Five episodes, not a lot favorite of moving scene. around. You, you, uh, love, yeah, you, love, you love it because it feels like five episodes long? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Let's let's redo that part. I love this scene. It has. I love this episode. It has five scenes <laughs> in it. I'm, I'm a big <laughs> fan of it. I'm, I'm not messing up words at all tonight. It's going to be a great episode. You're not a fucking mess. But there was a lot of good stuff. Like I right away I love I think it was Roz comes in and whispers He's always this pale. Does it seem at all odd that Roz seems to be present in every like family event for Frasier? Like, I get that she knows these people well, but it's weird that she's spending as much time in the waiting room with her friend's brother, her boss's brother. I don't think the waiting room's that weird. It's super weird when they're doing like their goodbyes to him. She doesn't even take a turn. Like Marty goes and Frasier goes, and then she's just standing there. It's so weird. It's also weird to me that she never has her daughter with her. Like she's always yeah. with. The Never with the point. I don't really believe she has a daughter. <laughs> Neither do the writers. Yeah. <laughs> so we get uh, another line that I really enjoyed. Who knew all those years of foie gras and brie would finally catch up with me? You know, Frazier, you might want to get yourself checked out. You eat a lot of that stuff too. Well, yes, but I also drink a lot of red wine. <laughs> Counterbalances the foie gras. Makes sense. As if Niles doesn't. We've never seen Niles drink wine. Does Sherry count as wine? Well, I mean, not the Sherry I drink. Love when Fraser hands out the pamphlets. It doesn't quite track with what we've seen with Fraser, but it is really funny. I get why you think it's funny. That part of the episode maybe bothered me the most, not because it's a bad bit or because it's not realistic for Fraser to do. I just, they've written him to be annoying and it's effectively annoying. Like, I'm annoyed by this. I didn't enjoy it. It felt like they, like, they had to do it. They had to have him make these pamphlets to to do the annoying factor. I think they did the right amount of jokes with it. Like they didn't go over the top with the pamphlet because that could have got very annoying very fast. They really only had 
one or two lines around it. I thought it played well. Maybe he does a pamphlet every season. I don't know. Maybe you guys are just over it, but uh, it felt nice. It felt good to me. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead. I probably am. But throughout the episode, we do get the pamphlet reoccurring as a bit. And it seems as much used for comedy, you know, making fun of Frasier being oblivious and, and obnoxious as it's used to sort of highlight the tension. Like Roz or Marty will kind of go to Frasier and just kind of indicate like, hey man, like take, give it a rest. Like high tense situation. We don't need your babbling. Yeah. So one of my favorite bits as he's going through the pamphlet, it was it was a little subtle. It was great. He, he's starting to talk about the credentials of the doctors that are going to be working on it. And oh, I think yeah. it was the main doctor. He goes, and you know how I feel about Tulane Medical School. And literally everyone in the room is nodding. <laughs> Absolutely. That is a that is a great line. Now now if I ever have a doctor and they went to tell you medical school, I'm gonna be like, Well, Frazier didn't like you. And now I'm gonna start second guessing it. You should. So much of comedy is the reaction. You know, it's the straight man who's reacting to the, you know, crazy person. And yeah. I feel like the obvious approach to something like this would be for them to go, Tulane, what do you mean? Like it's a perfectly fine school, like to, to react to Frazier that way. But it's so much funnier that they're all just like, We yep, you we don't want you to go on a rant. We just quietly <laughs> accept it. We all know. We've all heard it. Yeah, I lo- love the idea that he says it like every day. Just uh, Tulane Medical School. You strike again. Also love how mad he's so mad when Marty's not there. He's like, I specifically use the layman's terms for him. <laughs> Which is really funny because Roz is around. And, it's like, and she got a pamphlet. I don't know why she would know medical terms. Daphne, you could maybe understand. We still don't really get her job. It seems like she shouldn't understand she's it either. She's in a medical like, profession now. Yeah, she's around. Yeah, she, yeah. Least, no reason why Roz should. Well, Roz is a producer on a medical show. No, she isn't. <laughs> yes, she is. She's a producer on a vague entertainment show. I mean... You could kind of argue that she is, but it's one of those things that is at best technically correct. The best kind of correct. Thank you, Curtis, for always being on Team Brad. Appreciate it. The only time we see medical advice at all on the show is next episode when uh, Niles talks about through a couple of patients. <laughs> That's about it. 100% of the times we see it. You're not wrong. In fact, this is a season of Frasier at work, and we still haven't really seen him provide services. I think we, see, we see Julia do some good work. Oh, yeah. About financials. Certainly nothing medical. Why is Frazier so good at background checks or whatever? However, how does he have so much information about the medical community, at least? Even knows like the nurses and stuff. This is pre-Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. He's a doctor. They don't just know each other. I don't uh, think. Become one and find out. You, I think they you, don't, get, you don't get sent like the big book of doctors that you can go through. Should I call Lawrence and find out? Is he a doctor? Friend of the show, Lawrence is a doctor. A medical yeah, doctor. A, oh. Canadian doctor, though. Does that count? Oh, you're right. Yeah. No, never mind. Sorry, Lawrence. And you know how I feel about Canada. <laughs> Someone said uh, that there was no, this wasn't a major event, or there's been no major heart event, which is very confusing. Mm, so it doesn't seem like we had actually had a heart attack here. But open heart surgery. We definitely need, yeah, a bypass or something, but whatever Fraser talks about. But it's even more confusing as to what we're going to see. Right. Does this make you more excited for the episode before? No, I feel like they're going to do cheese real dirty. That I don't respect. Okay. That, and you're, you're starting to get nervous about that. I, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm getting real nervous about the cheese situation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, let him have a, a non-major heart event over, you know, running too hard or something, buddy. But don't go after cheese. Should we Should we all invest in a, a nice, fine cheese for next week's episode yes 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 yes. i don't know which one i'm I'm gonna get fog and then i hope (laughs) they just don't talk about cheese at all by the way uh (laughs) ryan ryan even as a joke i don't think you should get fog because that is that is asking for us to get uh, attacked by PETA. oh good we'd have more listeners (laughs) doesn't bother me one bit if you don't know what frog is or however you pronounce it don't Google it. It's one of the most yeah. horrifying Googles you'll ever Google. <laughs> Up there with Tulane Medical School. I am nodding. You can't see it, but I'm nodding. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the strangest things to me. Now, I don't know how things work pre-cell phone. I, I don't know. But they get a phone call in the hospital. I think it was a landline. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's a it landline was. call in the hospital to the room for Niles from Maris. Guess who? Maris? Who is his ex-wife who somehow just gets through to the room? Like she both found out about it and got through. I find this fascinating. How did the world work? So yeah, before that, we find out that Daphne and Niles were married only a couple of months ago, which is really Oh, yes. I just assumed you were going to miss that bit. No, I'm on top of things, I guess. You are on top of things today. You know, we weren't jumping around scenes. It didn't throw me off. I got to really... It was also slow scenes because we're we're in a hospital. So things weren't rushing. 
It wasn't snappy. I was able to keep up. I did. I did wonder at the end of this as he was getting sedated. I was like, "Is this it for Niles? Are we not going to see him the rest of the episode?" Like that. That felt really <laughs> in play at this point. He does show up like ten seconds from now, but still, it was it was where my head was at. Were you nervous knowing how much he adds to the show? Were you worried about having the rest of the cast have to carry the show without him? No, I was excited. I actually, I wish we would have done that. I had more time with the crew. You see what happens when they are together. It, it's bananas. I think we could have done that for the rest of the episode just fine. Frazier argues with the lowly Tulane-educated doctor about the procedure. Everyone but Daphne is kicked out of the room. Niles remarks that hospitals are full of memories, setting up the next scene's storytelling device. Big guest star in this scene. Big guest star. Huge. I read the doc is a guy. It was the butler from the nanny. Let's not disrespect what we're talking about here. Yes, it's the butler from the nanny. The butler named Niles. Niles, did you remember my attache? Yes, sir. Am I carry on? Always, sir. Oh, it seems we have everything. Maxwell? Oops, I guess I did forget one old bag. Oh, yeah. Niles' oh, doctor oh, is Niles you. from the nanny. Oh, that's Thank you. Fun. Thank you. I was hoping one of you was going to do that. I, I don't. I've that. never seen the nanny. You've never seen the nanny? It's just no. a lie. You've seen every episode. <laughs> I've never seen I know you have. <laughs> Why? I can't believe you've never seen the nanny. You've seen every episode, and I know this because everybody has. It's the nanny. I'm not the two of you and probably Brad's friend Heiken. I've never seen it. Well, I think every Jewish person has watched the nanny. I think there are people in like distant countries where they don't speak English and they have never seen any American culture. They've seen the nanny. You might be right. I've heard the laugh. That's that's all I got for you. Uh, I think that's actually a pretty good impression. Oh, you're talking about that show. Oh, no, I've never seen that show. Should I do the laugh again? Yeah, yeah, do the laugh to clear things up for Kurt. <laughs> you never seen that show? No. What were you thinking of? I was thinking of Seinfeld. Oh. Yeah, you're just getting your Jews confused. You're getting Jew-fused. I was Jew-confused. Confu- Jew-confused, yeah. Jew-fused. I thought, I thought those words would go together well. And they do they don't go together at all. Yeah. Real <laughs> oh. clash. Real clash in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen Seinfeld though. Seinfeld? Yeah. <laughs> how do you pronounce it? Uh, the nanny. <laughs> I love the doctor. I love how you mean Niles, Doctor Niles. Uh, not to be confused with Doctor Niles. <laughs> I like how he doesn't take any of Fraser's shit, despite the fact that Fraser's from Harvard. Well, before Harvard. Harvard, he, he, he takes the first real big dig going, I don't care what you read in Reader's Digest. <laughs> yes, so great. I will say something that he didn't use as a tool in his tool belt to big dog this doctor. Frazier is a psychiatrist. He went to medical school. Yeah, don't forget it. That's pretty clear, right? Like, he definitely knows stuff about it. But I get what Curtis is saying, you forget about it sometimes. Because you don't, you think mm-hmm. of him like, like, like Sneha, you think of him more as like a psychologist like he doesn't really do a lot of psychiatry per se in the show right. he's mostly doing therapy talk therapy doesn't really do that either but i get what you're kind of thinking <laughs> they, they allude that he might do some of that sometimes this is what he is by trade how about that ryan would you take that for a win i doubt it okay remains to be seen bradley remains to be seen i feel you fam i'm picking up what you put it down i loved after that exchange uh they they start bickering. In my expert opinion, I'm doing what's best for this patient. And my expert opinion says otherwise. Well, if you're such an expert, maybe you should perform the surgery. Maybe I should. Yeah. <laughs> you're not operating on your brother. Oh, that's one of my favorite lines in this episode. It's so funny. It's delivered so well. I love their bickering. And he like, he really does fall back into like father of little kids in this episode, which I think is a great... I know you don't like Marty, but I think, he's, I this, think he does a good job in this one. This line is one of my favorite... I think this is probably my favorite Marty line so far. And he shoots about 50% in this episode. He's either really annoying or he's doing a very good job. I think that's fair. What do you think of his arc here where he's playing the part of dad who's pretending none of this is happening? Did you find that charming or annoying? What did you think? In this first scene, he's super annoying because he's not, I don't think they, I don't know if it's the actor or the writing, but I don't like the way that they did it here. And I don't think they set it up properly enough for the good stuff they do later with it. I, I really didn't think this was well done. Later, okay, later changes. It felt, um, yeah, it felt a little forced, I think. Forced, exactly. It was very forced. Little hammy, little campy. I think what made that okay for me is it feels less like Marty is protecting himself emotionally by doing this and more like he's putting it on for for Niles. He's trying to be the goofy dad to distract Niles. Right, but they did like the cartoon dad way of doing that. Yes, they did. So didn't didn't love it here. Yeah. 
which is what made that line so surprising. It's like he's being so annoying, but boom, here's here's a great Marty moment. Yeah. So they get kicked out. This is a fun bit of business. Yeah, that lasted they should have got kicked out a long time ago. It's weird that we get kicked out and then like two minutes later or less, they're just like, Come on back in. Yeah. It's not that weird because they do have to explain some stuff to to Niles and the wife, but there's not a ton to explain. He's not gonna go through no. all of Fraser's pamphlet to him. No. There was also no reason they all had to be in there to begin with. Like there was a lot of people at the start, so I couldn't really Again, Roz is the problem. Everyone else could be there before <laughs> surgery. That makes sense. Yes. Frazier, very mad in this hallway, goes, I know a thing or two about bypasses, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, no. I know he went to medical school, but why Why do you specifically know a thing or two about bypasses? Yeah, I, I do like the niche, uh, niche idea that he just knows bypasses, essentially, and nothing else. That is like, Brad, if you were, if you actually were smart and could understand medicine and stuff, you would like latch on to one weird thing like bypass. But like, yeah, I'm super into open heart surgery i don't think it would be like uh liposuction well you've proven my point uh yeah i would would just say random facts about liposuction all day i'm kind of surprised you don't do that already you're making it out like fraser is specifically like the way he's got a hang up about tulane he's also got a thing about bypass surgery i think it's just that a bypass surgery is going to happen he's done a modicum of research presumably at the library in 2002 and so he's just he he He's a guy who thinks he knows everything. Like, that's all. It's it's not specific to the surgery. It's specific to a thing he's experiencing, and therefore... He knows everything there is to know about. Curtis, you are probably 100% right, but me and I are going to pretend like we're right. I am so. 100% living in the world where Fraser's only interest, the only medical procedures he's up to date on is, is open heart surgery. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. I'm on team Ryan. Thank you, Bradley. When Marty was in the hospital for his heart thing, no, Fraser do wasn't doing no. any of this, but it was, that was faster. That happened much slight, quicker, I think. Slight defense there. Fraser was the problem. He caused the issue. It's fair. He's still in the clown outfit. <laughs> Just the shoes, I think. No, he was in the full outfit. You're correct. So I, he, he was more off his game there. I think that's okay. And yeah. you're right. He didn't, he didn't have extra time to prepare, which we have to assume is at least a day, I guess, to prepare a whole pamphlet. Well, he had to at least yeah. go to the Kinko's. Well, and, Ooh, the li- and the library. I loved Kinko's. Kinko's was great. Okay. Sorry, I just had to say it. With every room Niles passes down the hospital hall, he recalls a memory. A broken leg with Marty offering him an Archie. Maris recovering from plastic surgery. And just moments ago, when Daphne promised to be there when he wakes up. You did brush past, like, kind of the impetus of the episode, though. Go on. Where, as Niles is fading out, he he does the whole, do you think a hospital has memories line? And that, that's what leads into this stupid bit. I mean, we didn't discuss it ad nauseum like we normally do, but I did absolutely mention that that is a thing in my introduction to the previous scene. That was like Correct. 10 minutes ago. Classic Riot is back with us. So what did you guys think of this? <laughs> thing? Like the- I was watching with my mother-in-law, who has seen only... Okay. A co- like she's only here when my daughter is sick so she's a full-time living with you she's seen more episodes than you'd hope i'll tell you that she's watching and she's got this weird look in her eye and i'm just like this is the weird episode she goes yeah this is a weird episode. <laughs> Do you want to rank the three uh, the three scenes we see here? Which one was your favorite? Me? I guess I probably should go yeah. first. I didn't get what was happening. I didn't realize that that was actually young Marty at first. I, I thought we were just seeing random people in the hospital. Okay, that's a random person that's just got Marty's voice. It's like, oh, that's very clearly Niles. And oh, so close to seeing Maris. So like that was disappointing. And then it's like, oh, now we're just seeing him. Okay. I don't know. This is super bizarre. But most of what I was focused on was the weird camera angle that we haven't had i think before we're doing like the gurney shot yeah the way that the the camera kind of sways into the room and then back out yeah following niles the whole way from niles's perspective it felt really scrubsy well i mean this would have been in the scrubs era so maybe there was some inspiration there um but yeah all, all in all i just felt it was weird i didn't i didn't really pass judgment of whether it was good or bad it was just very very different for fraser i actually liked it until the last one i was like why did they just show us something we saw 34 seconds ago they did feel like a non value yeah. add. <laughs> I kind of get what they were doing with it, that this is one of those life events. This is one of those important moments. But they only gave us two very brief scenes before it. So the, the whole concept that you kind of live your whole life in a hospital kind of falls apart when it's like he's been there three times his whole life. <laughs> I, maybe there's a canonical reason, but it does feel like they could have just done birth right there. Like Marty's yeah. seeing Niles get birthed or something. Feels like the easy one. I think I agree with you. I, I also genuinely 
genuinely didn't remember going into this episode. I remembered the the concept that they kind of flashbacked. I couldn't remember if it was a literal clip show in this one or if it was what it turned out to be, which is where they just kind of recreated moments, presumably from the past. I remember it being more meaningful than it kind of turned out to be, at least in this scene. It is. It, it felt is not meaningful very, at all. <laughs> yeah. No. It is very non-consequential. You're just like, oh, he's on a fun drug trip. That's kind of it. Pretty much. Yeah. I, at the end of it, I found myself saying, well, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah, it definitely feels, both in the way it's directed and in the writing of it, it feels like it's supposed to be this super deep, meaningful, like emotional roller coaster of a thing. But I don't think they stuck the landing. Here's my question for you. Do you think you were saying this because we know what happens? We know he survives. In we a know little, it's not, like, it, that it, is like, interesting. Do you think that is affecting our judgment a little bit? Yeah, because if you're going into it thinking he he could actually, you're not, you don't think he's going to die. There's no way you think or, in episode eight of season 10 he's going to die. Wait, no, no. Time out, time out. Or thinking that there's actually going to be ramifications more than just one episode longer. Right. Right. Uh, you might be thinking this is the beginning of an arc. Or if he goes yeah. into a coma or something, maybe. Yeah, they yeah, would, yeah. You could, but there's no way. Well, I don't know. How about when you were watching it forward way around? Did you think there was any chance that anything significant would happen? I'm going to be honest. I don't remember. But I'm uh, that's, that's, that's to Brad. Well, that's okay. But I need to interject because I have to say that the idea that they finish this season with him just in a coma. If we could get like no talking from Niles, but still get face acting out of him. I feel like it might work. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I watched too much sitcoms and I knew nothing bad was actually going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that that's fair. There's There was almost no chance. It was pretty low stakes if they'd have done this in like episode 23 or 24 maybe you could have thought there was stakes if someone asked me do you do i think this could be more than a, an episode arc i would probably say yeah this might we might actually have ramifications from this but i don't I, think you'd have guessed more than two or three though right i, I don't not, know not in episode eight that'd be crazy plus i think they're, they're really trying to set up for the ending scene which i don't think they do a very good setup job for that one and then we know that it doesn't come to fruition so it's really weird in the upside down space yeah that is very true in the upside down we we have absolute confident knowledge yeah. that what we see at the end of this episode is just a fantasy it is not glimpse of the future which kind of takes away from this scene even more where you're just like okay we can just throw out everything that happened here yeah shame we get a title card the waiting is the hardest part in the waiting room marty wants a chunky from the vending machine but needs change. Roz tries and fails to get some. When Marty finally gets the change, the machine eats it. Daphne, thinking quickly, uses a fire extinguisher to break in. Herself finally breaking down, panicked about this scary situation. So this was a long scene. These are all really long descriptions I have to read. It's so hard to describe these scenes briefly. It's also hard to know where to jump in and talk. Like, what's the first thing you want to talk about this scene? Because there's just so much that happens. Well, what I was going to say is there's so much that happens, but also nothing happens all at the same time. Whoa! Throwing a flag. Maybe in the first scene. This one way false. What are you talking about? Yeah. There's nothing that was surprising. I don't know. I'll let you guys talk, because I was just like... Nothing that was surprising? Blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, people talked in a sitcom, Brad. That is a problem. (laughs) You're going to have to deal with that sometimes. I think the scene actually does a more successful job than the rest of the episode, in that it is just people waiting. It is just them talking. There's nothing to do. It kind of does a good job of recreating what it's like to be in a waiting room, but it also does have a lot... for the characters and the plot that happens yeah 100 100 i think they do they do the the crazy bits and the sentimental bits really well throughout this whole this whole super long scene sorry sorry i'm just a hater well you probably fell asleep halfway through woke up and you're like why is this still why is it still why am i not two scenes later from now i I think as someone who constantly complains about too fast scene switching this is the real affront to everything you've said so far you should really enjoy this episode it is really upsetting actually i'm not saying i don't like the episode i'm just saying the scene is fine it's fine this is the cornerstone scene of the episode if you're saying this is fine i'm going to be very confused when you give this an a plus <laughs> plus it's it's not getting an a plus plus spoiler alert because that can't uh, happen kurt no one can get yeah, an a what are you talking about I, i'm giving some a minuses but just like they say the scene that this proves really my represents... point yeah a minus not an a oh that's true I sorry guess you're kids okay. this scene has one of my favorite phrases of something i describe my life as when they say it's the tapestry of life that's me i'm the tapestry of life what do you think a joke is 
this, Brad. Just like that announcement, <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> we jump in with think right away. Marty goes over and looks at the magazine rack. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, yeah. He's oh, why is this only stuff for girls? And then he's flipping through. There's like, ten ways to please a man. Everyone knows there's only four ways. Did he list out the four ways? I don't recall. No, no, he, he list out the four. We just we well, just don't know. We should. Yeah. What are the four ways? Brad hit Elbows. Elbows. Belly buttons. What? Picky toes. What? What is the list you're doing? And, and back of the back of the ear. Oh. Can you walk us through oh, pinky toes? <laughs> oh yeah, pinky toes. They can do anything. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's some real sleuthing to be done here. When they do the flashback bit, we learn that Frasier is probably like five years older than Niles when they do the baby one. Just oh. judging on how he reacts oh, to the kid. It's funny. You said five. I was thinking more four and a half. I was thinking okay. like three. He's oh. pretty. I mean, I got a three-year-old right now. He's He looked a little more more with it. You know, she's pretty smart. Pretty good whip. But uh, yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you just said your three-year-old's not with it. Well, there's, there's three. <laughs> It's supposed to be because we we meet very very young Fraser. I I I would put him in the four, probably the five, maybe even six range. Okay, you'd know better than me because you have uh, one baby and another on the way. So right, right. <laughs> so we're pretty we're pretty much up to date on what a three year old would look like and do. And then okay, so second bit of. Uh, Upside down sleuth, and we find out there's probably a best of crane segment on the radio show. I don't think this will ever actually show up in the episodes, but it's good to know, like in the Fraser lore, that he has segments. I'm not going to make any comments about this. I know. Uh, yeah. How about Roz, like making jokes about how bad the Her show is? Hating on Fraser's show, which she produces, is a delight. Today's best of crane, which is being broadcast over the airwaves right this moment. Oh, yeah. They're piping it into the operating room instead of using anesthesia. So Correct. funny. So weird. The, the the jokes were great and probably accurate and so confusing. I don't think you can make that to your boss, who's the star of the show. Especially when you're interloping on his family moment. For no I know that reason. they. I know that they all make mention of her being part of the family for no reason, and she shouldn't be and isn't. Whatever, but like you still can't go off on how bad the show is that you help make. You know what's interesting about the upside down? So. If you watch from the first episode of the show, it is possible. I, I'm not saying this is the case because I honestly don't remember. But it is possible that as you get to know the character of Roz and her interactions with the family, she might at this late in the show naturally feel to you like a member of the family because she's always around them or whatever. But coming from the upside down, we don't really get enough interaction. Like occasionally she has a moment with Marty where she kind of commiserates with him. And she obviously has kind of a relationship with Frasier, but... We don't really get enough character moments between the two of like her and the rest of the family to indicate when it when it's time to be at the hospital, she's going to be one of the people there. Other than getting Niles weed, she almost never interacts with Niles. They argue she with saves him when he was naked. That's that That's, is true. That is true. <laughs> it felt weird though too when that happened. It's like why is yeah. Roz the one rescuing Niles? Well, speaking of Roz, I really I don't even know why because the flashbacks mostly don't do much of anything other than add color to the episode. But for some reason, I really enjoyed her little bit as like a scared new mom who doesn't know what's on her baby you know what the rash is and it turns out it's just her own lipstick that was done very well yes Brian, you've got to you've got to tell me that you relate to that just a very tired parent who's confused i've never i've never kissed my baby with lipstick on so i haven't had that issue it is relatable you i mean you definitely we have a very good like call after hour system that line has been rung for many an issue that uh we're not medical issues, turns out. <laughs> no reason to rush to a hospital, but I could definitely see how you could get there very quickly. Yeah. It was really interesting. The uh, old, like, I never forget a name, and then she doesn't. Yeah. It's a way to prove that. It was a funny yeah. order, too, like how they did it. It's just such an interesting moment that she makes a point of saying, as young mother Roz, I'm going to remember you, nurse. And when she sees the nurse again in this moment, she just has no clue who she might be. Yeah. What do you mean? She says her name. What? She walks up to the nurse and says her name. Like, that's how the that interaction starts. No, because the name's on I thought her that was a name bed. tag situation. Yeah, it was a name tag. No, that's she, she, the whole point is she remembered. She, no, it isn't. It's this panic moment, 100%. Go no, back and watch it. And she, she, she she goes, hey, she goes, hey, Colleen. And Colleen's just like, yeah, I'm doing my job. I don't think you're right, Ryan. Oh, it's uh, I'm on Paramount Plus right this second. Okay, so uh, here's what happened. Roz got, that? I'm going to give you the play-by-play. Yeah. Roz okay. has a dollar. She goes up. She looks at the name tag. There is a name you tag she looks on the, the nurse's person. uniform. She doesn't like no. bend over. What, and I'm telling you, it. the way she tilts her head and what? squints <laughs> in the direction of, like, her <laughs> eyeline is where the name tag would be. She no. is clearly 
looking at the name, You're full wondering what the name thank is. You. That You're is the point. That's not the point of the scene. Also, I will say, if that is the point of the scene, which it isn't, you're idiots. There's no way she actually would remember if she was so panicked. She would have been so relieved to find out that that baby was okay. And then she would leave because that's what happened. Thank you for proving our point. We appreciate it. I mean, you're both wrong. Here all week. Clear, clearly what they were doing, but there's also no chance that she would ever remember. I just, I'm watching it over and over and over again. Post on social media. Let everyone vote on it. The way she tilts her head, it's literally, she's got a direct eyeline of the nurse. She can just look straight on at the nurse she tilts her head the only thing she could be tilting is to get a look at her chest and unless she's just horny i think she is trying to see probably just horny hospitals make hospitals make people horny kurt horny hospitals it is a thing we see another version of the older the older kids the older kids and frazier is at fault for the injury and makes niles like sign a contract they're they're paying off the uh i wasn't pushed i i jumped moment yeah yeah which we we didn't talk about but it's fine uh because i had the question of what the fucking opera cape is (laughs) that was okay the other thing that we see and i think this is right before he goes to get change and come back and get into that chunky machine we see him get his wife's diagnosis of the cancer yeah, that was really sad and not needed it was too much of an emotional hit for no yeah. real payoff like it kind of explained his bits the only payoff is that the hospital is scary essentially yeah but like we could work that out. i don't think we needed to see yeah. that moment i agree you know i think it's kind of interesting that um frazier's mother doesn't get any kind of an appearance here we see the hospital room in which niles is born the mother all we see is like her legs lying down we have this scene where she would presumably like why isn't she getting the news that she has cancer why does her husband get the news for her like it's very strange that and so like it's, it's interesting that they just didn't hire an actress to just play his mom for this oh yeah i guess i was gonna say spoiler alert we don't technically know that she didn't make it to the start of the series um i'm trying to remember which marty we actually saw if it was younger marty or not um i don't think technically i know that she should be dead wait what i te- i'm saying technically there could be she could have been in season one right right, right. but she's still which could. means you would you wouldn't hire an actress you would have to get that actress back oh i guess well, i'm intentionally no no she'd be intentional- younger. that'd be the whole point if it happened in season one she would have to be the same actress right i I, I, wasn't saying, I wasn't saying yeah i wasn't saying hire an actress i was intentionally being vague because i can't oh, okay. reveal things yeah oh i thought you yeah, weren't even, being, I thought you weren't being bad. Even even if they had to use an actress, they'd have to hire them. It's a rehire. And also, one. I've got the episode open. I think I'm wrong. I think that happens after the chunky incident. So whatever. Well, there's two. I think there's two chunky bits. So he goes over. Yeah, he goes over and sees a chunky and gets excited, which I think is. I think is actually for us a callback. In a former episode, I think Marty goes on a rant about chunky bars. I think. Mm. All right. Chunky part two. Oh, no, I like I liked when Frazier's up looking at the uh vending machine. I know what you're gonna say. Mark, he's, he's looking at it, he goes, ah, oh, chunky bar. What are they asking for it? <laughs> Very fun way to interact with a vending machine. Oh, I thought you were gonna say how Roz says, uh, why did Chunky get his hands stuck? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Obviously love that bit. I do I did think though that Chunky was gonna get his hands stuck after that, and I was a little disappointed he pulled it out, no problem. Also, Curtis, that's the second chunky bit. <laughs> Are we still in the first chunky bit? We were still in the, yeah, we were still in the first chunky bit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe the the five uh, scene episodes are not the best. Maybe They're I'm a wrong. nightmare. They're the worst yeah. scenes. It's so long. It's so long. This is a great scene. There's a lot that happens. It's good. It's just hard to break down and discuss. All right, back to Chunky Part 2. This is where Chunky gets his thing gets stuck. Obviously, it was going to get stuck, right? As soon as he starts to buy it, you know it's not coming down with, without some issue. Whew. Didn't expect how we get it out of the machine. Thought Frazier was going to start rocking the boat. That is not what happens. Yeah. Daphne fully loses it. Yeah. What do you mean? She goes, <laughs> when I when a candy bar gets stuck that I've paid at least 70 cents worth, I don't remember if they said the actual price. 85, 85, 85 cents. Because they do actually talk about the, the dollar exchange for a long time. You're right. I think it's very reasonable to grab a fire extinguisher and destroy the fucking machine. So she does this. Immediately secure it. Well, it's kind of weird. Like, okay. We see a this, nurse. Is, this is a really confusing thing that happens. Yes. 
The nurse calls somebody and then seemingly, I'm going to say an orderly comes by. An orderly definitely shows up, which makes no yes. sense. And he says, do I need to call security? And it's like, why are you asking me? No, the he does, I don't think he says security. I think he just says, do I have to kick you out? Oh. Do I have to call someone? I think he says, do I, have to I think call he's someone? like, I think he was going to, like, he's got his hands on his hips at that point. Like, he's about to throw them out of the hospital. And then they're like, no, it's cool. And he's like, all right, well, then I'm going to clean it up. Because I'm the janitor. The best part of this, by the way, is when Marty uh, is part, like, there's like, we're going to pay for this. Like, we're, we're really sorry. Like, we're, we're, you know, we're going to make this right. But Marty chimes in with, and I already paid for this candy bar, this 85 cent candy bar. So don't arrest me. Again, tell this to the janitor, though. It's fine. If they raid the whole vending machine, the janitor does not have any difference for his day. I was really hoping that Daphne was just going to go on. I, I was hoping that she hadn't calmed down from that because I don't know. When you're in that emotional state, I don't know if breaking a vending machine with a fire extinguisher is the thing to do. I don't know if that calms you down instantly, but it seems to have worked for her, which is disappointing. I was kind of hoping she would rampage. Well, I think she spends the whole whole episode a little bit bottled up she's not really like you can see on her face that she's distraught that she's freaked out everybody's yeah. kind of props, tiptoeing props around her, her. She, she does a great job this episode the actress jane, yes. jane leaves is that jane her? leaves does an amazing well, job but again you stole my thunder because i usually say actress and actresses well, names, but whatever I'll don't think you were going to you never say it about the actual cast anyway my point is simply <laughs> that i think in that moment all the bottling up she was doing breaks she snaps like she, and, and then once she snaps and releases it that's when she's able to sort of let go and break down yeah it makes tons of sense I just wish she she had a longer uh, snap period it was a very contained brief moment where she just calmly walks over to the vending machine goes to town on it and then calmly leaves well I think that's what makes it so unsettling she's not just freaking out wildly she just has one little violent outburst not really at anybody just at a inanimate object and then just kind of explains he's my husband and he's on a table with his chest cut open i'm sorry if i can't handle this as well as the rest of you but i'm terrified Daphne, it's okay let's calm down when all this is over we're just gonna there is no when this is over there's no tomorrow no next week no next year there's nothing until he comes out of there and i know he's okay and that's why the janitor didn't kick her out, mm-hmm. as per his normal role and duties. <laughs> Daphne goes over back to, I think, the magazine rack for some reason. And uh, Marty goes over and does the most awkward arm pat like I've ever <laughs> seen to, con- to console her. It's like, everything will be fine. And he's holding her at like, you know, he's got like four feet for Jesus between her and doing this super weird, just getting her right at the right at the bow of the elbow. Which is even weirder when you consider how she touches him on a daily basis. Like her job is to touch him. Well, we don't yeah. know if it's a daily basis. We have no idea. Well, what okay, daily that's true. We have, to, we have to assume that it's, you know, biannually at this point. But yeah. Yeah, I have to assume that she has in her contract that Marty can't touch me much. <laughs> it's not reciprocal. She can touch him. He cannot touch her. That's true. It's just so I found it so, I found it more unsettling than the the vending machine break. What's interesting here is like you get this moment where Marty is doing a relatively good job of sort of helping her get through this moment of fear and anger, but he's also not doing a great job. Like he does what he can, but it's imp- like he doesn't like solve all the problem. He doesn't like make it all better. He just kind of muddles through, which is what would happen in that situation. You would kind of be awkward and uncomfortable and not really know what to say. Minus the arm pad, I actually think this is one of Marty's stronger sentimental moments. Like I think he does a very good job after yes. after being an idiot the whole episode. Like he does a very good job handling her at a time when she really needs it. And it's after this, I believe, you know, we, we get the moment where he gets the news that his wife has cancer. She doesn't need it, right. but he, he finds it. Right. <laughs> right. And then, full circle. One, I think, like you said, Brad, they don't do anything with it. I'm like, I, you're no. just explaining why he's being annoying as piss, but like, we can assume that. I don't, like, I, I don't need to know that she got cancer here. That That's fine. Whatever. It's fair to assume that he's had trauma in a hospital. I think it's a little weird that you think explaining why he has got like a connection to trauma in the hospital, like making that connection for us and showing us that, that you don't need. But you think because Roz says a name that that means something because she learned the name 
earlier in her life. That's even more confusing than why you include that. But then they don't do it. That's just that ends that that rap for Marty. That's kind of the last last he really does. I think even the episode. And I don't know. It was fine. I guess you're right. I guess they told a good story. I guess they told a coherent story. You fine. also really enjoy shitting on Marty, so it's hard to really know. I don't like Marty, and he had he had a fifty percent good episode. So then the doctors come in. Yeah. So they they do the quick bit where the the second dot not the not the Tulane doctor comes in, but. The the other one pretty sure it's a uh, nurse but they call her doctor it's the sue doctor the episode the what i tried really hard to make a joke about a sue shep and it, oh. did, not, <laughs> it did not work yeah it felt uh, it felt flat yeah i thought you're saying it's the one who gets sued yeah no yeah it's the assistant doctor I, which I, again i don't really think is a thing but whatever uh she comes in and explains the situation and then uh fraser starts asking questions and she goes oh well if i was told about you and he's like aha she's like which is if you, if very you questions, I'm, I was supposed to do this. And then she turns around and leaves. I actually liked that bit. I kind of yeah, liked it. It was fine. It was, you know, it was a tension breaker to end the scene. To end a very long emotional long, scene. Emotional. Are, are you, have you become my echo? I just <laughs> wanted to, I wanted you to feel supported, buddy. Hmm. Just like, just like Marty's awkward elbow pat. I did not feel that. Oh, surgery. Niles is still asleep and Daphne encouraged to eat. She walks down the hall, passing a room, showing a possible future where she has delivered delivered her second child bank news yeah Fake i was gonna news, say this right this is a big scene for you to be able to prove everyone wrong well it's, I, the truth. this is one of those super fun upside down moments where you're just like this whole thing's nonsense i can now throw out the rest of the episode because this bullshit didn't happen they're implying that this will be their future but we know that isn't what happens uh-huh it's also weird like at this point you kind of have to think they planned roughly what was going to happen and if they hadn't there's no reason why you don't just have a girl at the end of the series it, it's very strange the one thing i will say it's my understanding that throughout the years, some of the early, you know, writers of the show left to do other things. I believe some of the big early season uh, Frasier writers came back for season 11 and think basically they kind of looked at what had been done in season 10 and were like, that sucked. Let's kill this <laughs> Julia bit and start over with something better. And so I, I think it's very likely that the people writing the show at the end of the series had not seen this episode, did not know it existed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you want to say it's kind of like lazy writing to not just have it be a girl at the end. There's absolutely no reason in the world not for it to be a girl. So now canonically, <laughs> we have to assume that this is just Daphne is starving. She just can't. Now that now that the tough moments have passed, she needs to get her wits about her, but she's like delusional. And she just imagines a dream scenario, which again, just kind of undercuts all of the Nile stuff from earlier. But like, I guess that's what we have to go with. We enter into this world of flashbacks through a delirious morphine-ridden Niles. And we leave this storytelling device with Daphne being tired, emotionally wrought, and like you said, really hungry. Like, she's clearly also hallucinating. So what the fuck was going on with Marty and Roz and Frazier? What were they on? Oh, yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Frazier yeah. used his, his uh, medical pad to just give everybody some psychedelics for the day. Help him through. Frazier plays this out with Niles laughing at an Archie comic. He for more morphine to enjoy the jaunty comic. That was funny. That was a funny use of yeah. drugs, of medically safe I, drugs. I like that they addressed, like when they first introduced it, it's like, oh, that's funny. I wouldn't have pegged Niles for like an Archie Comics boy. But then they explained that like Marty's pushing this on him when he's a kid. He doesn't actually like it. He's just like, you know, humoring his dad. And it's fun to kind of bring that back full circle with him here, needing to literally be high to enjoy this thing. Yeah, if you look at the prop comedy from this episode versus last, so much better than the the punching the clown moment that we had. Like this is yeah. this is the way to do prop comedy. Totally. Yeah, and now that we've seen the toss salad and scrambled eggs bit, we know that this Break is it down for us, Bradley. It's a really big episode where we don't see the coffee shop. It's, no it was cafe. No yeah. Frazier's apartment, no work. First episode yeah. we haven't seen uh, both Frazier's apartment and Cafe Nervosa, I think. Correct. O or no, the work. Curtis is right. Many of, episodes, many of episodes we didn't go to yeah, work. I, I would say that's the third most popular place, and they didn't go to all three. Sure. The only set that we get this entire episode that might have been seen before is, you know, the sperm clinic. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, you actually handled yourself much better than I expected. It's yeah, I really... I, 
I, in fact, I'm a little disappointed. You've built up this whole bit of you yeah. loving the coffee shop, being anxious when it's not there. You, you just kind of accepted it. You should be grabbing no, a fire no, no. extinguisher and breaking a, a machine of some kind. Probably your laptop because you don't know how to use it. Let me tell you the situation I'm in right now. Let, let me speak from the heart. I don't have the opportunity to sing my song. So instead of being bitter, instead of being upset about it, which I am, which I am, I'm just going to wait. And then when we do have another Cafe Nervosa episode, you will get to hear so such a wonderful song that really will bring together the community. So I'm excited to focus on the positives that we're going to have other opportunities for you to sing. everything about okay? this bit. Instead of blowing up and blowing a fuse and being obnoxious and being mad and at least being fun, you're just going to promise to make us sit through more singing next episode. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop saying it like it's a negative. Yeah, it is like, saying- it is kind of an attack on our person. Kurt, but I don't. Yeah. It's not what we're going for. Re say it as a positive. We get the opportunity. You're, th- you're threatening it. us with future music. I'm not threatening. I'm giving you an opportunity to hear future music. Again, you're that's just how focusing, the mom talks, Brad. You're just focusing <laughs> on the negatives and not the positives. The positives are my beautiful singing voice and all of America getting listening to. And Curtis was to sing Angry Brad. I'm Angry Brad. I'm a robot. Blah, 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 blah. Why do you always make robots mad? <laughs> Because they're going to take over the world? I don't literally, know the point of robots is that they don't get mad. They just stay even killed. Well, I, I'm a robot. I get mad all the time. What? What do you mean just, you're a robot? Okay, fine. Spoiler alert, I'm not actually a robot. I'm going to react the way Brad did. Like, my disappointment in Brad not freaking out. I guess next episode, I'm just going to have to sing about it. Thank you. Thank you just want to do a musical episode next episode. Yes, I can be, I can be down I'm, for that. That's what I'm talking about. I don't think we've tortured the listeners enough. Let's do a musical. Yeah. Well, Brad, did you like this coffee shop free episode? Yeah, see bags McGee. Uh, my opinion of this episode changed about 40,000 times listening to us talk to Tonight. I feel like Ryan because that's what you always do. I really liked it. Well, I hadn't I seen really, the episode really before. <laughs> no, just like how you always like say after listening to everybody, blah 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 blah. I feel like there were some funny bits. I feel like it was sentimental. There were definitely times that it was too sentimental and it was unnecessarily sentimental. But all in all, I liked it. Do I think the scenes were a little long? I do think the scenes were a little long. That's insane. That's insane. Do, do I usually complain about this about having too many scenes? I do. Do I usually just complain about everything? I do. Am I going to continue to do this bit? I will. But I will. uh, I don't even know what the bit is now. There is no bit. You've described your personality. Are you saying your personality is a bit? (laughs) It would be very comforting if that is the case. Actually, that's true. My final score this episode after talking to the Council of Brads, the final score is a B minus. Are you going to tell us any other Brads on the Council tonight? Uh, Yes. The second Brad that I will announce, Bradley Cooper is the second Bradley. Two Bradleys that are very similar looking. Bradley Kirkston, Bradley well, he's, Cooper. He's Bradley Cooper. You're just Brad. Well, no comment. Right, right, right. Bradley Cooper is who you said last week, correct? Yeah. No, Brad Pitt. I thought I said Brad Pitt. You said Bradley no. Cooper. Oop, messed up that bit already. <laughs> um, and and on that note, uh, Curtis, what did you think of this episode? Hey, Ryan, do you think that he is just doing a new bit every night and it turns out it's the same bit because he forgot that he already did it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> this one for me is 8 out of 40. Whoa! Whoa. So this is pretty high. I, I thought you were using my scale for a second. That was, that was like, okay, 8 maybe. 8 out of 40. I can't, unlike you, they're not just random numbers out of 10. I can't just read, like talking through this episode, I think I like it less. Like you did talk me down. I think I I thought of it as a a peak episode, like a really great episode. And as we discussed, I was like, I don't know, it's not that, maybe it's not that good. Um, But compared to Guns and Neurosis, the Lilith episode, her final episode i think this is a little bit better than that but i don't think it's as good as the other hospital episode boo with the clown oh boo's seven okay yeah Yeah. it's not really that funny it's much more emotional but i did i was affected by the story i was affected by the performances i thought it was a really nice job a departure from what the show normally does but i thought they did a good job with it ryan what about you i don't think they hit the sentimental notes that well they were there some of them were good some of them were bad it was fine i loved the 
pacing, the slowness, like we really felt like we were in a hospital, which was actually like really good, like literary devices they use, like using long scenes, not making them a joke a minute, really feeling like the struggles of these characters. So even when it wasn't necessarily funny or necessarily sentimental, you still just felt the just the tension yeah. of waiting in a hospital. Like if I didn't know what was going to happen, you could very easily have t- like talked me into this being Niles' last episode. It would have been a kind of a fun way to do that. It would be hilarious if from the upside down, we tried to convince you this was Niles' last episode. <laughs> yeah, right. It'd be bananas. <laughs> um, and there, I think there was funny moments. No, it's def- just it's Ghost Niles. All the other episodes, it's Ghost Niles. I'm not. I mean, I, ho- I wouldn't rule that out. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how he is pre-cheese event. But uh, I, it doesn't seem likely. It does seem like he made it through just fine. But yeah, I thought I thought the plottingness of this episode was good. I, it was a different Frasier episode than we normally see. I liked it a lot. It definitely wasn't peak funny. So you have to mark it down for that. But I am going to give it like an eight, eight, five. Ooh, that's pretty high for you. Good oh, story. Yeah, that it was good storytelling. It, they Again, even when the sentimental bits don't land, it's just the way that they structure this episode that you just, you just feel like you're there for a long time in a painful way. And you should. You're a major character's under, under the knife. And especially given that you can assume he's going to live, like his death, you, that's never really on the table. Right. Uh, so you have to, you, ha- you're not going to feel it unless you believe the character thing that you know it's not going to happen but the so the, the the writers can't get you emotional about niles you're emotional reacting to how these characters think niles could die i think if this was end of the season like back two episodes i think you could make this at like a nine nine and a half i you could really believe that he was going to be toast at the end of this sure. if they move it later in the season all they have to do right yeah and that's fine that's fine it's fine to have it here i don't i Here's wish it would have i wish they had a master plan <laughs> shortly after this episode they had a brand new character an exciting actress is coming on the show her name is julia you know what the grim reaper shows up interesting huh niles faces death in this one unlike niles i am immortal however if i was going to die what might succeed at killing me tonight i'll find out as ryan and brad offer me things to try some of which are fatal brad and ryan Welcome to another edition of Death or No Death. Tonight, we're giving away more prize and experience than ever before. Maybe. Wink. Helping me tonight is the bonafide BJK. BJ, come on out. Hey, what was the first time we did this? This That'll be in like season four. Okay. Next time we have a, a death episode. All right, cool. Hey, everyone. Thank you for having me. You ready to change some lucky contestant's life? I am. I am ready. Would you say you're dying of anticipation? I'm dying hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, tonight's lucky contestant hailing from the Tire City. No, not the city of Akron. Just some dodgy car shop down the street. Please help me in welcoming Curtis. No shucks on the beach. Shack. Oh yeah! Do that. Can you do that? Woo again? It was off mic. Yeah, it was off mic. Oh, Curtis, welcome, welcome. Are you excited to be here? I am fucking stoked. Great. Uh, BG, you you forgot to welcome our guest. Curtis, I'd like to welcome you to the show. (laughs) Thank you for welcoming me. Unprompted. (laughs) Thank you for having me. What do you mean? He's not He's not having you. He's on our game show. Sorry. To be absolutely thank, clear, thank to everybody listening, I am not having Brad. Thank you for having me as your cool uncle for this game show. Even worse. <laughs> You've made it All even right. worse. All right. Let's stop beating around the bush. BJ, bring out our hunks for tonight. Hunks? Hunk number one from Calgary. Hunk number two from Switzerland. Hunk, hunk number three? Kazakhstan. Wait, not from Kazakhstan. Just Kazakhstan is the hunk. There's six. Remember. Oh, fourth, fourth hunk, Bulgaria. Fifth hunk, France. Sixth hunk comes to us from the country of Cuba. Thank you, well, thank you, BJ. I'm so confused <laughs> as to what this bit is. Curtis, as you can see, we have six enticing hunks, and they have six even more enticing briefcases. The type of briefcase. Oh, because of deal or no deal. No, it's death (laughs) or no death. I thought you're going to give me hunks from different countries to choose from, and I would have to choose the the hunks, and one of them would murder me. (laughs) Kind of. I mean, that is that is actually what will happen. You described it really well. Uh, but no, we have six enticing hunks, and they have six even more enticing briefcases, the type of briefcases you might expect to see in a drug deal. But instead of cash tonight, they have amazing prizes and experiences. 
Instead of the usual numbered briefcase that you might be expecting, they have pictures illustrating what you can expect to win. You have a chance to win four amazing prizes and experiences. That's right, four, something we've never done before. Uh, The only catch, the two red herrings, or as we call them, dead herrings, uh, because if you pick them, they'll kill you. They'll kill you dead. Now, are these also pictures of things that would kill me? No, no, they're pictures that look great, but will they will kill you. So, Curtis, we're about to tell you what you can win as, uh, as we go through them. Would you like to know the names of the hunks you'll be selecting? Sure. Sure. Great. Very romantic. Nice. Romantic? What? BJ, can you help tell me what's on the first briefcase? First briefcase says Jerry Springer. And the name of your hunk? Jose. I thought Jerry Springer was the name of the hunk. I was really excited. I thought, about, I thought it was too. thought it was too. <laughs> <laughs> so to be clear, there's a picture of Jerry Springer on the briefcase that Jose is holding, correct? Correct. Sure. Okay. Yes, correct. Okay. How long is this bit? Oh my God, it's so long. <laughs> uh, on the second briefcase uh, is a Kraken-based Wave Runner experience brought to you by Chaz. BJ, what's on the, what's on the third? Rosie O'Donnell. And it's it's being held by hold by Sonny Bodo. Should I be writing this down? No, <laughs> no. Why would you write it down? You're on a game show. Uh, okay. On the fourth, uh, four extra days off of work held by uh, one Ricky. Yeah, thank you. And on number five is the Renaissance Festival held by Julio. And on the sixth and final briefcase is a lovely picture of a turkey club held by Martin. Okay. Does that make sense to you, Curtis? You totally understand this game? Well, I, I know that one of the things that will murder me is a turkey club by Martin. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Spoiler alert. Seems, you don't seems know that. obvious. You, you, you don't know anything. <laughs> I, for the audience, I famously love a turkey club. So it would be very enticing for me to choose a turkey club. And I know Ryan hates Martin and probably thinks so little of him that he might murder. So... Turkey Club held by Martin, that seems like death to me, but I guess I'll find out. Yeah, irrelevant. So, Curtis, uh, go ahead and pick a briefcase. Try not to get killed. I would like, what was the second one? (laughs) A Kraken-based Wave Runner experience held by Chaz. Let's do that. Okay. Well, as as Chaz opens the briefcase, I'm going to explain the experience for you. Obviously, you won't go on it right now, but... (laughs) Kraken-based Wave Runner adventure. You fly to a small private island of Krakoa. Uh, there's a guy who shirks the rules and proper shirts, leads you and your party to some wave runners. In the distance, you see a giant kraken. Your guide tells you not to worry, and you wave run right up next to the kraken. As you near him, he rears a mighty tentacle, lifting you slightly out of the water. <laughs> you catch him real air. <laughs> you spend the rest of the day gallivanting around the, the mighty beast. Yeah. All right. That was, sorry, that was the Kool-Aid Man. Yeah, you did the Kool-Aid Man. Congratulations, you didn't die. Good work. Hey! All right, Curtis. We've got three more amazing experiences for you. Which one do you want to pick? You're not gonna. You're you're not allowed to pick by number anymore. You have to pick by experience or name. Okay, one and three. I don't remember what they were. I didn't know I was supposed to be remembering these. Sorry, just remember but them. Just use your brain. I do remember that one of these was a Renaissance fest, and I happen to know that at every Renaissance festival, while it is filled with murderous thieves and lots of weapons. They're all made of foam, so there's no risk there. I'm going with Julio's Renaissance Fest. BJ? Your friend Bob really wanted to go to a Renaissance Festival, and they had never been to a Renaissance Festival. You're eating popcorn, and as you're eating popcorn, it turns out Bob secretly poisoned you, and what? you died. Oh, oh no! have died. <laughs> Yeah. You died by popcorn at the Renaissance. Oh, oh, so sorry, sea bags. A real shame. But don't everybody go boohooing just yet. Time to call in the house mad scientist, that wacky tacky Dr. Kirkstenstein. Dr. Kirkstenstein, can you come bring back this old pile of bones back to life? Precisely. <laughs> Is that the paddles? Yeah, try that again, Dr. Kirkstenstein. Precisely. Yeah, do more. Do like a whole. Oh. Move are, you, are you chanting? <laughs> Dr. Kirkston <laughs> Why are you singing to yourself? You wouldn't a song, so you got one now. I've been brought back to life by the power of song. Welcome back, Kurt. How you feeling? I don't feel good. I mean, I just died, which that's fine. It was the song that really made me queasy. Yeah, that's fair. I think we're all a little bit hurting from it. But as you can see, Curtis's limbs now work again. He's just lost that tiny bit of zest for life he once had. They still don't work great, but they never did. So that's okay. They never worked great. So let's get back to winning some prizes. Kurt, what do you? which briefcase do you want to pick? What was one again? One, uh, Jerry, Jerry one Springer. Was, one was Jerry Springer. Yeah, I'm going to go 
with uh, Jerry Springer held by Hugo? Held by Jose from Calgary. That's close. You attend a Jerry Springer-style TV show. It's not Jerry Springer because he's died, RIP. And oh, that's your use of from, Jerry Springer? From Yeah, there's a contestant <laughs> from Wyoming, and he just admitted to the whole crowd that he's been cheating on his wife for six years with his wife's stepdaughter, of course. First, you have to, first you have to gasp. Ooh. A brawl comes, and chairs go everywhere, and you're in the audience, and a chair hits you in the exact same spot that our buddy Vitaly once attacked you with the chair many years ago. <laughs> you survived this one. Not a great experience, though, to be clear. What are you talking about? You got en- <laughs> enveloped in the world of, of knockoff Jerry Springer. That's amazing. I wanted a Maury. Well, t- I mean, look, we don't get everything we want. Anyway, keep on picking, buddy. You got two more great experiences available. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to cut this bit short because I have to get to work. You know, I've got a lot of work to do. It's a work week for me, so I just don't have time. Classic zombie cart. Wait, you know what? I could choose four extra days off of work from Ricky, so I will. Um, Okay, just to be clear, you know that one's a safe thing, right? You got one more answer that's real safe, but you're going to not choose that? Well, was I supposed to know that for this bit? You you knew that both Brad and I prepared one death each, right? And you got my death, so the point is my other one would have been your safe one. Should be safe, but you it's okay, you can plot. Are you sure? Last chance, I guess, do you want to choose... Four days off of work. Or find out maybe what Brad had to do to choose. I was not tracking who did which one. I didn't realize that was part of this. I mean, I knew that you both came up with three. I didn't realize that I was supposed to keep track of who named what. Well, I mean, we just took time. There wasn't that many to begin with, Curtis. It wasn't that hard. Didn't occur to me. I wasn't thinking about it. I will prolong this horrible death by going with number three, whatever the fuck that was. Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell was involved? I like Rosie. You chose Rosie. Sonny Bono, can you tell us about it? Yeah, so you're in New York City in those big red, like, stairs that they have right in Times Square. And you're sitting there, you're enjoying your time. All of a sudden, a car hits the stairs everyone goes flying you're laying down Rosie O'Donnell is flying in the air lands right on you and you survive <laughs> wow an incredible near-death experience uh, at the body of Rosie O'Donnell how exciting all right Kurt here we are end of days <laughs> you've got two briefcases left four days off of work and a delicious turkey club what are you choosing look I I know you fine give me the turkey club yes <laughs> place before you is a glorious medium-sized approachable turkey club there ain't even a hint of mayo or dressing on it the bread some nice dry ciabatta there's a slice of tomato but it's been padded extra dry to prevent any untoward moisture the turkey's glorious it was seasoned with the lightest dusting of salt taking care not to get too much flavor on each bite and yes i said club which means there's two meats boom yet another type of turkey you bite into it. Its dryness instantly turns your mouth into a desert. You are in heaven, but not literally. Congratulations, Curtis. You won death or no death. <laughs> I understand what you're doing there. You were implying that I like dry, tasteless food. But That's here's correct. the thing. When you said there's no mayo, I was affronted. I was like, no, man, he's, how could he How could he do this to me? But then you said it's on Jibata, so we're good. Oh, and that was another edition of Death and No Death. Unfortunately, we didn't get to double kill our contestant. But join us again next week when we get another shot of whoever shows up on our doorstep. <laughs> And join us again next week when, Ryan, why don't you tell us what's going to happen? It's the previous episode, Season 10, Episode 7, Bristle While You Work. Niles eats some cheese and has a minor heart event. Unlikely. I'm excited to find out if there's an actual inciting cheese. But I didn't get the impression he choked on a piece of cheese and had a heart attack. I got the impression that he spent 40 years of his life eating lots and lots of cheese and clogged his arteries. But you seem to think there will be a magic cheese that kills him. They've brought up cheese twice, so... They brought up brie, they brought up foie gras, they brought up cheese again generically. If it's not a cheese-based issue, that means a doctor told him he's eating too much cheese and that would annoy me. I think we get to look forward to an annoyed Brian. That's my guess, based on everything I've seen. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. Thanks, Kevin McCloud, for our theme news. And thank you for Brad, Brad, unclick fast forward, quick. For myself, for Ryan, for Brad, Donkey Shane. Donkey Shane. Thank you, Shane.
Welcome to Reverse Psychology. Oh, hit that harder. What, what, what was that? I, I really was just expecting you to interrupt me with a... You said no a, speeches. I, I thought you were still going to make me do them. I just wasn't going to include them in the episode. No, you asked for the... You yeah. asked for them not to do speeches, so we said no speeches. And instead you came out like a flat fucking tire. Can you can you hit that again, please? Come on, we, we need some joy. We need some huspa. We're just, you know... Welcome 